Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to the most extreme violence you'll ever experience on the Extreme Through a Dance Podcast. I am JT. Join me as always are my partners on this journey through the history of extreme. Jenny and Matt, how are you guys doing? Uh, there is a, a palooza uh, happening this evening. Mm. Qu- quite a palooza. A wrestle palooza, I'm told. Perhaps a Pasooza. Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean, A for effort, but... Are you sure? I'm being nice. Okay. <laughs> well, let, we're not here to be nice. We're here to be extreme. That is true. Nice and extreme. Yeah, Russell Pasuza. Extremely nice. No. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, here on the show, we're going through the history of ECW. Uh, we're covering the weekly television. We're, we're covering... Any arena shows that pop up our way, and then now, pay-per-views as well in the mix. We started in February 1994. We've made our way now to early June 1997. We're still in the wake of Barely Legal. And I would say, outside of maybe only a couple of other episodes, um, Jenny specifically, since we've been here since the start, I don't know if there's any stretch of episodes of this podcast that's going to witness more change to the landscape of ECW, and then we're embarking upon here uh, in the coming episodes. And the last uh, time out, you know, we talked about the end of Stevie Richards' run. He was injured and then left, so that was obviously sad. He's been a stalwart for a while, and we get some big changes coming here as well tonight. Well, that's a bold statement because we've seen a lot of change, but I don't know that I can argue with you. Mm-hmm. Um, barely legal seemed to be. Sadly, the end of something and uh, the beginning of something else. That's how it usually goes. What yeah. do you think, Matt? 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to get into it, obviously, but there's a lot that's going to happen over the next coming weeks and months mm-hmm. in ECW, and uh, yeah, I, I think you're spot on with what you said. I mean, it kind of feels like ECW has been, I don't want to say treading water, but like it, feel, it feels like they needed something to really get them back in gear, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about what happens tonight. Good Lord. There's a lot. All right, so why don't we just go ahead and get started, because as we're saying, we've got a ton to cover. We're going to start in the June 10th, 1997 of ECW television. We open with Joey Styles in the ring. Uh, this is footage from WrestlePalooza 1997. Joey's uh, revving up a rabid crowd. We go backstage. Lance Wright is with the Eliminators. And we see Perry Saturn is on crutches. And he says, yes, the rumors are true. Saturn's left leg has been destroyed. <laughs> Cronus is laughing. Uh, oh. Saturn says he tore his ACL and meniscus and has a hairline crack in his tibia and fractured his kneecap. But it doesn't matter how many are in the ring because they're still the best in the world. Just real shitty news here for Saturn. Um, who Obviously, the Eliminators have been just red hot. He's been great. But given how they wrestle, it's not a surprise that mm-hmm. this ended up happening to him. Um, so it's just more of a shock that he held up as long as he did. Uh, Joey and Rick Rude then are in the nest. Joey says they expect the Eliminators to forfeit the belts to Todd Gordon, who will hand them over to the Dudley boys. The Dudleys had earned a title shot by defeating Sandman and Balls Mahoney. Rude says we may never get to see the Eliminators just the Dudleys now. And Joey says this week or next, we'll get to see the belts being handed over. We also find out that we had two matches moved up from the August 17th pay-per-view that's upcoming all the way to Wrestlepalooza. And that's Taz Sabu 2 and Tommy Dreamer versus Raven last time ever. And we're going to see both of those here tonight. Um, sorry, there's a lot to unpack right out of the gate already, Matt. Um, talk to me about Saturn's injury and then your thoughts on them moving these matches up from the pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, you you said it perfectly with that high-impact style that Saturn wrestles. It's kind of not a surprise that his leg and knee are basically only being held together by skin at this point. So it it is a massive bummer because we've all enjoyed Saturn on this show. So, uh, yeah, it's a huge bummer that he is out. Uh, Cronus laughing at him. Probably not the best move <laughs> given uh, what's what uh, what happened there, but hey, it is Cronus, so and that's kind of his thing. And then a- as for them uh, moving the matches up, I almost wonder if it was done as a way to boost up this house show, because like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the house shows always sell out, like the super cards at the arena always sell out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just I wonder if that was like the driving force behind it, because, you know, wanting to follow up on barely legal and try and keep like the same house or something. I don't know. It does feel weird because like both of those matches do kind of feel like they should be on pay-per-view. But uh, and maybe it had something to do with something that's going to happen later mm-hmm. on in this episode. Like I'm wondering, you know, if if that is, you know, happened or they came to an agreement or something like that. So it, it is a little strange because yeah. it does feel like these should both be on pay-per-view, but I, I think it kind of makes sense. I guess I've sort of gotten used to the, sh- you know, shifting around of things. It seems like that's, it seems like things are just sort of fluid and you have to be like to react to the, to the injuries, people coming and going and leaving all the time. So, I mean, it's it sucks, but it's not that different from what we've had to do several times. Um, or does it suck? I don't know. Maybe maybe we get this done and then we just move along. I don't know. Um, it does suck about Saturn, though. And 
Um, boy, he's still full of fire, uh, standing there with his broke-ass leg uh, on his crutches with his teammate laughing at him. You know, he's still very angry. Um, at least he didn't just disappear, you know, like Stevie or Raven or anybody else. At least he's still hanging around. Yeah, and I'm guessing that the, um, you know, kind of Matt, some of the things you were mentioning are probably the, the, the latter is more true. I think, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, they wanted to juice up the house show, but I think more likely they got the news of um, one of these wrestlers had signed elsewhere. So they mm-hmm. decided to go ahead and just, you know, buzz through it because uh, I guess we'll talk as we go on, but um, let's, let's get through the episode, then we'll kind of wrap up that run. So we. Head to Joel Gertner. He's in the back with the Dudleys to talk about Joey uh, doing his pelvic thrust move, but they have more important business to discuss right now. They're just a few miles away from the ECW arena, and he introduces all three Dudleys formally. Devon says he has compassion for Brother Saturn, who risked his life and limb to cast the Dudleys into total elimination. Dick is just growling, and then Bubba says Saturn's useless, and they can't hit the finisher now. When they step in the ring, they will take their belts back again. Bubba tells Dick to steal them a Buick, and Gertner wraps up. This is, uh, Jenny, a very Dudley promo. Quite Dudley. Um, a minor carjacking incident was uh, <laughs> a standout phrase uh, from this promo. But, you know, good standard stuff, Matt. Yeah, it, it was fairly standard Dudley stuff. I mean, I still can't get past that they're still trying to do this, like, great value public enemy thing with the Dudleys, with them standing in the alleyway and, you know, uh, Bubba telling Dick to go steal us a Buick. I, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I, I don't remember this part of the Dudleys where they were basically just kind of riffing on, you know, public enemy and doing their shtick. It, it's a little weird. But, uh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Uh, I did like uh, Gertner saying that Big Dick was humongously phallic. That popped me. <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, uh, hopefully they gave the Buick back eventually. Does it take away from their street edge if they have a guy in a tuxedo and a, and a <laughs> neck brace showing his chest? It makes like them that. tougher. Does right. it make them tougher? Okay. It I'm makes them tougher because they're like, look at this Jamoke. And he's right. out talking tough in the streets. <laughs> the Gurner's definitely not afraid to get his ass kicked that we've seen. Oh, so no. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. We get right to our big match. We waste no time getting into it. For the last time ever, Tommy Dreamer taking on Raven. Raven comes out with chastity as well as uh, a guy picking his nose, carrying a blow up doll named Lupus. Joey says whoever wins this match wins the feud. We get our opening animation, and then Dreamer and Beulah head to the ring, a chance to finally end this war that's been raging for like two and a half years now, I guess. Uh, Joe reminds us that this feud all started over Beulah since they were kids at summer camp. The crowd chants, you sold out, very loudly during introductions. Dreamer knocks down Lupus as Raven books it through the crowd. Tommy's hot in pursuit. They're out into the back of the building, and Tommy's all over him, drags him to the arena, battering him through the fans with whatever weapons he gets handed, including a bottle of fruit punch. Raven turns to Ty by slinging Tommy through the merchandise table off the balconies. Joey says this was scheduled for pay-per-view, but neither man wanted to wait, so they moved it up. Raven apologizes Tommy off the balcony onto a table, but it doesn't break. They slide hard to the floor. Root says the heat factor has to be strong in this sold-out building. They head to the nest where Raven slams a table on the now bleeding Tommy and then shoots him through another one. Shane and Francina watching from the upper deck and laughing as Joey says that was their former broadcast position. Tommy counters a table pile driver with a backdrop and misses a splash and crashes through the table. We get a can't-see-shit chant from the crowd. Raven shoots Tommy hard to the railing, but Tommy answers with a whip of his own. Tommy bulldogs Raven on the floor, bloodying him, and then slugs him with punches and a big chair shot. They head back to the nest, and then into the aisle. We get some Eagles-Cowboys talk from Rude and Styles. 
Raven batters Tommy with a chair. Back in the ring, gets a uh, drop toe hold into it. Tommy goes up top. But Raven catches him with a rocket launcher into uh, into an open chair, which is this nasty spot. Tommy comes back with a DDT and gets a stop sign from a fan and bashes Raven as the ref gets knocked down. Dreamer apologizes Raven on the sign, but Lupus makes a save. Jerry reminds us that Lupus did the same thing uh, Stevie did back in 1995, saving Raven against Tommy. Beulah comes in and DDTs Lupus and then poses with Tommy, but Raven hits a low blow for two. Raven grabs Beulah's hand and talks longingly to her, but Tommy then hits a low blow for two. Chastity comes in and sprays Tommy in the eyes with hairspray for two. We get a cat fight as Rude gets beeped like five seconds during the cat fight, which is pretty funny. Uh, Raven pulls Beulah up and hugs her, but she gives a low blow, and Tommy hits a DDT on a stop sign for a really good near fall. The ref gets bumped again, and he can't uh, count. Uh, another DDT cover. Spicoli comes in and works over Tommy, gets the DDT, but and puts Raven on top. He rustles up the ref for a near fall. Tommy counters with a DVD, uh, counters a DVD with a DDT, but Raven DDTs Tommy for a close near fall. Tommy then hits a DVD on Raven, does the click sign, and DDTs Raven on the sign while yelling EC fucking W and gets the three count to finally defeat Raven after two and a half years of trying. Uh, this is a great match. I think they really went all out. Uh, props to Raven for really balling out on his final show instead of playing it safe. Uh, you know, we talked about that with a few other guys in the past, Scorpio and Foley kind of, I don't want to say mailed it in, but they definitely went a little bit easier in the last match. Raven gave the fans kind of what they wanted, just a bloody brawl dreamer and letting him beat him. We also further the Spicoli angle as well. Uh, both guys kind of look strong in that. I think the match and moment were worthy of this payoff of Tommy's long-awaited win. Of course, we had a little bit of fuckery, but not too much. And the crowd was all into it, too. So all in all, I think this is a well-done, fitting close to this story. I went three and three quarters, Jenny. Three and three quarters. Yes, um, I was proud of Raven for doing this. I, I, I feel like they hit a lot of their sort of classics, but without making it to the same you know they did a lot of good crowd brawling they went outside for a little bit lots of sick ddts and sick bumps ref bumps um you got the girls involved with their cat fight um you went off the nest shane and francine was there so it's all of this is just what they do right um and i loved it and i I was so happy for Tommy and his moment. I was so happy that they didn't fuck it up and that it went well because the way that the ending was, you know, it, it could have went worse. Um, but and you and this is a little thing, but the camera even got Tommy's face um, when he pinned him and he just grinned and like just like put his head down on Raven's body, like finally. And just that little. Just that little bit after this match really um, said a lot to me uh, from Tommy and from Raven. <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, it, I, and it would, it, and it wouldn't have been surprising if they had Raven win. Like yeah. Tommy's kind of the ultimate come up short guy, always fighting and scrapping, and like it, it would have been a very ECW thing to have Raven still win this match, it, with the promise of someday maybe coming later, and just leave it at that. Like it, that wouldn't have surprised me. Not, not me either, but I'm super glad they did not do that. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And I, I just ended up going the four because it felt it sort of encapsulates a lot of their um, entire feud that's been going on for years now. And um, I don't know. It, it's, it's bittersweet. It's good and bad. I went four, Matt. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jenny. I went four on this, too. Uh, I, I thought the match was really a really well done brawl. Uh, like you said, you guys said props to Raven for going all out on his uh, his final night here. I mean, the crowd is manic for everything that happens in this match. The, the drama, I thought, throughout the entire thing was fantastic. You get the great moment with Dreamer finally beating Raven. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic, uh, fantastic moment. And I love that, you know, Raven was a guy who at one point in ECW had everything and now he's a guy who has nothing like he mm-hmm. doesn't have he doesn't have the world title he barely has a, a nest with him and now the one thing he had left was dreamer never beating him and now he doesn't have that right. anymore mm-hmm. so i think that's a great payoff to everything and i i wanted to ask you guys to me this kind of feels like a, a natural spot for raven to leave because yeah. i i kind of feel like if he stuck around given some of the stuff that we're going to talk about later on in this episode i kind of feel like raven would get lost in the shuffle so mm-hmm. it, it, to me it feels i don't like disagree I, yeah i feel like it's a natural spot for him to leave so uh yeah i went the four on it i don't disagree i was actually thinking that too like this was a pretty like i know it's sad when guys leave especially like raven who's been the almost mm-hmm. the face of the promotion for so long but it did feel like a natural conclusion point for him. Like, what else could he really do? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a long feud with Sandman, the feud with Tommy. You know, Stevie's hurt, I guess. Does Stevie leave if Raven doesn't leave? I don't know. So maybe you could at least get some mileage and, and do Raven-Stevie, which we never really did. Mm-hmm. I guess that's one option. Um, and we don't really need to see him in Funk again. I guess we never really got Raven and Shane. So, like, maybe you do something like that. Like, mm-hmm. maybe a Raven face turn could work. But... Mm-hmm. I think this is a, I, I'm with you, Matt. I think it's a natural point. Like he, the whole story of Raven has been how he's like hoarded these things mm-hmm. and used his mind control and always had a crew, always had his belts, always had either Beulah uh, or, you know, to, or, the, or the torture of Tommy. And now all that's gone. So he's gone. <laughs> like, that's it. Like he's, right. he's got nothing left to fight for or to live for. He does try and get Beulah back here. Like one last time that fails. Mm-hmm. So what does he have? So I'm with you. Like I kind of look at it as almost, it's not as much as public enemy. Like when they left, I was kind of ready for them to go. Honestly. Um, I don't, I'm not saying I was ready for Raven to go, but I, I can see why it feels like time. So he is done. He, he shows up at WCW within the month on June Mm -hmm. 30th. He makes his debut. So I don't know what the original plan was on this. Like I tried looking it up a bit, but like, I don't know if, the pay-per-view was always going to be last time ever. And they knew he was on his way out or, and then, and then he reached a, made WCW wanted him sooner right. or they were just going to fight at the pay-per-view or they never were supposed to fight at the pay-per-view and they lied and said they moved it up, which is also possible, right? They could mm-hmm. just say, Oh yeah, this was the pay-per-view mm-hmm. match. When we moved it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a couple of different options in there for what this could have been. I think it's probably likely he was negotiating and then all of a sudden they reached a deal and they wanted him sooner. That's probably the way it went is my mm-hmm. guess. Um, and then maybe Paul was like, all right, Stevie, if you're gone, Raven, you're gone. Like, we're just done. Like, burn it and move on. Why Why keep him around for another month for no reason? So um, that's it. Jenny, any thoughts on Raven's ending? Uh, I mean, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But uh, well, like y'all said, it does seem like time. Um, and it, it sucks to say that, but... We will see. It's not like he's going away. You know, he'll just be in another promotion. And, you know, Raven 
always is pretty much Raven throughout any mm-hmm. promotion. Like, you know, he, he sticks with a lot of that same feel and vibe. So it's less of a, a void, I guess. Um, I definitely will miss him, but I, I don't, I don't think he's a sellout <laughs> like, like the arena does. Um, and I'm kind of happy for him. All right. So he's out. Tommy gets his win. Tommy's sitting in basically in tears in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lights go out. When they come in, Rob Van Dam and Bill Alfonso are in the ring. RVD hits a Van Daminator and beats on Tommy while Louis Spicoli's still there. He retains Beulah in the corner. Tommy comes back. The lights go out again. This time they come on and Sabu is in the ring. He throws a chair on Tommy's face. Raven just kind of leaves as RVD and Sabu work over Tommy. We get chance for Taz. The lights dip out again. And this time when they come on in the ring is Jerry the King Lawler to a huge bucket of heat. Tommy lunges himself at RVD and Sabu. Uh, as they attack, Lawler's barking, barking at Tommy. Lawler shits on the crowd. We get various ECW wrestlers coming out, but they get beaten down too. King is just at his glory, taking a dump on ECW. Says the bingo hall should have been built on toilet paper because there's nothing in it but shit. Puts over Mr. Monday Night. King asks if ECW is anyone tough, and Fonzie calls out Shane Douglas to come get a piece. Douglas says he ain't part of this bullshit. King says this is extremely crappy wrestling. No one is tough that wants a war with him. King mocks Sabu, beating the shit out of Heyman with a chair. Uh, Natural Born Killers fires up, and out come the gangsters to a pop. They brawl with RVD and Sabu. At ringside, as King is cackling. He stomps on Dreamer. Lawler calls Beulah a slut. Tommy tackles him as he's ranting. However, RVD saves him. The crowd is just begging for Taz, but Sandman comes out instead and chugs a beer. Then he gets wrecked. King is mouthing off more. Taz's music hits to a big pop. Out he comes, and everyone bails out and empties the ring. Um... I thought this was awesome. It was an epic beatdown of ECW by the haters. Uh, it was well done. The heat was crazy. And this is what ECW and Paul Heyman do best. Just when one door closes, another one opens. So, like, Raven goes from the centerpiece of the promotion, loses this big match, and you've already forgotten about him 10 minutes later because we're <laughs> on to the next big story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, there's no time to lament it. It's not like, oh, is ECW going to be the same? Oh, we're going to miss Ray. Nope. Here we are. Jerry Waller's here. The, and this pays off a lot of stuff, right? We talked about it on that February Raw that we covered, where there was a, a building animosity with Lawler and ECW. Mm-hmm. RVD had been on Raw a couple times prior to this. Uh, he's been doing this Mr. Monday Night gimmick, obviously trying to get get a job. on Monday. believes he's a bigger star than ECW allows him to be. And now here comes Lawler to get his revenge and show that ECW is trash. So, Matt, I, I thought this was awesome. Um it just and, and the timing of it was so good. Everything was well done. The multiple lights going off teases. You're kind of waiting, like, okay, is RVD and Sabu it? Here comes Taz. We're going to get a tag. And then when Lawler's in there, it's like, oh, shit. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy segment. Fantastic stuff. The crowd heat is insane. Like, it, it's up there for, like, the most crowd heat I think you've ever heard in that building. Like, uh, these fans basically want Jerry Lawler dead, and I don't think that's an exaggeration to say about that crowd. I mean, it's it's such a great segment. It's an iconic moment. You have Lawler just jawing at everybody, the the uh, the wrestlers, the crowd, just yelling on the mic. Uh, it's great. And I mean, I'm not the the biggest Jerry Lawler fan by any stretch, but like 
if you're he about keeps to be doing because he's amazing in this role yeah. he sure is he's just yeah. this is unbelievable and this is only the beginning of what mm-hmm. he's some of the stuff he's gonna do but yeah it, it's an iconic moment uh yet another iconic moment on this hour of television good lord but yeah amazing segment all-time segment for ecw <laughs> Y'all ever be writing wrestling notes and then you you figure out what's going to happen and then you write your note before it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it goes something like, lights out for Taz. I mean, <laughs> Jerry Lawler. Yeah. What the fuck? I was very confused. <laughs> um, luckily, the crowd uh, was like, yeah, uh, let's fucking hate this guy forever. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that because... That's usually how I feel about Jerry Lawler. So, um, epic fight. The ugh, dude, like seriously, poor Tommy. He's he's been through it, and yep. then mm-hmm. everybody else in the promotion goes through it. Um, it was great. Like I, I, mm, I hate to praise Jerry Lawler, but um, he 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 played this perfect. I will say. I mean, for all his misgivings and shortcomings the the one thing with lawler is like he'll play ball and he'll show ass and he'll do what it takes to make money so he's the perfect heel for this feud because he you know he's gonna be an asshole he's gonna run his mouth which is tantamount to this feud but you also know that he's not gonna big time the ending at some point probably right like he's yeah he's a new guy yeah he's a legend but he is a dude that's in it for the business so like he's going to do it right if he's going to do it. So that makes you, to me at least, feel pretty good about where this could potentially go. It's like, all right, here's a guy that's not going to take himself super seriously. That's willing to probably take a shit kicking at some point. Um, We'll see if it ever comes, but at least you come into it thinking, okay, it's not a guy who's just going to bury CW and leave it worse than it was. Like, it's just not his style. And it's a little anger inducing because that this is, you know, this is ECW. Like <laughs> when Jerry Lawler's like a, you know, <laughs> active, you know, guy on another mm-hmm. promotion, you know, mm-hmm. huge name. And like you said, a legend, but like, it's a little bit like, what the fuck you thinking you're doing in our house? So that was a lot of the attitude that I liked. Yeah. And from, here on out, really, like, WF and ECW pretty much have a partnership. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, it's all the stories out there. They have funding them and keeping them afloat. They start doing talent exchanges as well. They almost start using ECW as, like, a developmental at times where if a, there's a guy under WF contract that's kind of they got nothing to do, they'll send him to ECW for a while to kill some time. That freshens up ECW's card, gives them some depth. So, you know, we're, we're going to see a little bit more of this. But it's a really good use of it because Lawler's been very vocally anti-ECW all year, mm-hmm. so yep. um, spouting off on WWF television. So this is, yeah, it, it's a great story. Uh, all right, Taz is solo in the ring, uh, but Shane Douglas starts shit-talking him from the nest. He tells him to calm down. Taz tells him never to interrupt him and just go fuck his rat. Taz demands Sabu come back and fight. The EMTs and referees are still cleaning up the mess, and we go to break. Fonzie comes out. He gets in Taz's face. Taz grabs him and starts to T-bone him. Mm. And then Sabu comes in, and we are on. So any quick thoughts on those two segments, Matt, before we get to the match? 
Uh, yeah, uh, Taz, uh, very angry as per usual. Uh, I, I thought he was really going to suplex Fonzie, and I'm yes. I'm, con- I'm convinced mm-hmm. that if Fonzie took that suplex, it was going to kill him literally. So I'm kind of glad. Uh, I mean, gl- glad in quotes that he didn't, because I don't think we needed to see a a, a dead body in the ring. But uh, uh, yeah. I keep getting angry at Sabu. He keeps messing up these uh, spots where Fonzie gets his fucking ass beat and uh, just really need to see it. <laughs> the uh, I just love how he's still ranting as Taz is picking him up. <laughs> like ready to flip him over. <laughs> All right. That gets us to our rematch from Barely Legal. Another match that got moved up from August 17th, and that is Taz Sabu 2. Sabu starts hot with a drop kick, punches, and gets two on a leg lariat. Rude says Sabu is desperate for a win here as he aggressively attacks and keeps going for covers. Joey knows that Fonzie has a Monday Night Raw hat on. Taz comes back with an Alabama slam and starts to ground and pound and grind, twisting the red hook ringer, but Sabu won't tap. Sabu knocks Taz to the ground as he bangs up his leg, and Rude says that could affect his balance. Sabu flies into him with an acai moonsault to a pop. Sabu keeps the attack on in the ring and slips on a triple jump and crotches himself, triggering a brief you fucked up champ. Taz pulls Sabu off the top right into a T-bone. Sabu blocks a second attempt, and they trade strikes until Taz hits a Northern Lights bridge for two. Taz blocks the top rope. Rana tries a somersault senton, but comes up empty. Sabu goes up top, hits a leg drop for two, hits a DDT, puts Taz on a table, heads up top, and flies through Taz with a splash. Both guys sit up at the same time, but Taz is behind Sabu and hooks to Taz's mission. However, Sabu floats over backwards and cradles Taz for the win to pull them even in their feud. Taz keeps the hold on and chokes out Sabu after the bell. Then he chokes out a ref and then he just destroys another ref with a T-bone. And then he finally chokes out Fonzie and gets him. So um, even though he takes the loss, he, he cleans house after uh, I like this match a good bit. It was, uh, I thought it was tighter than barely legal, but overall it didn't offset the hype and atmosphere. So I think it balances out. So I ended up having the same grade three and a half uh, as barely legal, just for different reasons. I thought that the in ring was actually better this time. But it wasn't as hot and like the build wasn't as intense as we've had at Barely Legal. Uh, Sabu got more offense here, so that was good. Uh, this is Taz's first loss in September 16, 1995. So uh, two, he went two years almost without a loss. So really a huge win for Sabu, who they seem to really be getting behind along with RVD. Uh, the crowd is into it. Uh, this is a fun war. We'll see if we get a third one, Jenny. But, uh, you know, I thought this lived up well. I, I had a lot of the same notes and I did the same grade at three and a half because it was it felt more methodical sort of um, and a lot less heated, um, which, you know, it, it's fine, really, because um, it <laughs> I feel like Taz should be sort of moving on. You know, it, it shouldn't be sort of as hate filled at this point. It's more of um right you know, a back and forth. And I was surprised that Sabu won. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I need a third one. What do you think, Matt? Yeah. uh, I I don't know if you necessarily need a third one either. I I think we've, we've seen what we've seen out of them, but uh, I, I actually like this more than barely, barely legal, which may be a, mm-hmm. a hot take, but uh, not by much. I went three and three quarter on this, but what? No, I don't it, think it's a hot take. I, I think in the ring it's better. 
Right. I, I think what they did here worked better for me, and I think the fact that this was a sprint, like, uh, did this even go 10 minutes? I think the fact that it was a lot shorter really helped them, too. And mm-hmm. look, you get another you get another big moment here with Taz losing for the first time in two and a half years or two years, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this a lot. I, I think the post-match was really good, too, with Taz finally choking out Fonzie. So, and I yes. like that. I liked that it was uh, kind of like a, a slip on a banana peel type of finish where like Sabu didn't right. beat Taz with like a triple jump moonsault or something. It's basically Taz got caught because he wouldn't release a hold. So I, I think that finish worked uh, quite well, too. So, yeah, three and three quarter for me. And they're clearly getting behind Sabu, whether it's because they're getting behind RVD and he's with them or if they see, you know, Sabu's maybe kind of, I don't say made his peace, but he's kind of come back and met a company man been a good soldier throughout all this so maybe they're ready to, to trust him again with the with a big role uh so that that's good and yeah i, I i'm with you guys I don't, I don't think i need a third one i think it, they each won one and that's probably fine like neither really needs to win the feud i think they both prove they can go toe-to-toe and and each beat each other and that's just kind of where we wrap it for now so i'm all right with that as well and we're not done with Taz on the night. Uh, so Joey and Rude narrate what happened during the break. Taz and Shane Douglas again went at it verbally, and it ended in a challenge. If Taz could choke out Douglas in three minutes or less, he would win the TV title. And if he can't, he would leave ECW for 45 days. So on top of Raven leaving, are we going to lose Taz as well? We go right to the ring. Out comes Shane. He marches down. He lays the belt down. Taz kicks him, and we get going. Rude says Douglas is dumb. He's got nothing to gain here. Douglas comes back quickly and hammers Taz as Rude says he should be running the clock out. Why is he attacking? Shane gets a swinging neck breaker as the clock ticks down. Shane hits a DVT and two inverted neck snaps targeting the rehab neck. We have 90 seconds left as Douglas goes to a full Nelson. Taz slips free and gets a Taz mission, but Shane kicks low. The crowd rallies Taz as he counters a whip, dodges a float over, and hooks a Taz mission again. Douglas is flailing as the, cra- as the clock dips under 30 seconds. Shane fights to his feet and tries to kick off the corner, but it fails. And he finally taps out as Taz wins the TV title to a huge pop. A great moment. Instant shift to the promotion. And again, ECW doing what it does best. One chapter ends. We open up a new one. So not only is Raven gone, not only did Sabu get his wet over Taz, not only is Jerry Lawler here and we're igniting (laughs) this invasion war. Now, Douglas's big TV title reign comes to an end. Taz has a title and he's regrouped immediately from losing to Sabu. Like, it's just like amazing weaving of storytelling, Jenny. I just, I I just saw it was great. Um, I, I didn't, I don't know if you really, could grade the match per se, um, mm. two and a half, I guess. This is kind of a squash, but it's more of the moment. It's a really cool moment, and I thought it was a great job to instantly rehab uh, Taz after the Sabu loss. Yeah, it was sort of brilliant. You know, as soon as uh, the ish- the challenge was issued, I was like, ah, okay, <laughs> this is why Taz lost to Sabu, and um, and we were kind of stuck with Shane too, you know, with his mm-hmm. pit bull stuff. So, mm-hmm. right. you know, to me, it makes perfect sense. Um, I really love the idea too of the challenge three minutes. Shane is good for this. Like, this is what he's real good at. He can bump mm-hmm. and, and sell and like make it a real good three minute fight. Um, and then tap out, you know, and I gave it two and three quarter stars. I just thought it was really well done, Matt. 
Yeah, I'm with you. This was really well done. Great moment. The match was nothing much, but it wasn't about the match. It was about the moment with Taz choking out Shane. So I thought it was really well done. Uh, I really liked uh, prior to this when uh, Joey and Rude are going through uh, the challenge. Rude writing everything down while Joey was talking like the Micro Machines guy. I thought it was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Just such a great touch because there was a lot happened (laughs) that happened Mm -hmm. to get to that challenge. I'm sure that was probably like a, a five or six minute segment and there's already been quite a lot that's happened on this show so i thought that was uh well done to do it in that way but yeah uh, another big moment on this show with taz winning a, a singles title and shane's year-long reign ending so uh I, the match was nothing but again huge moment so i also went two and a half on it all right well that was all one episode uh there's a lot coming on <laughs> let's do our awards uh best match i had dreamer raven Yep, they're yep. all good. Yeah. Worst match, I mean, I, I went to Taz Douglas, but it's like, yeah, I guess. Right. Uh, best moment, Dreamer finally beats Raven, and then Lawler arrives. Yeah, I gotta go Dreamer Raven. Yep. Yeah. Most 90s and with lupus. <laughs> <laughs> the the man or the, the, the illness? <laughs> all of it. The name, the look. Oh, it felt very mid nineties. Yes. The blow up doll, yeah. Yes. He was like right out of like mall rats, this guy. For sure. <laughs> uh stock rising is a lot. You get the Dudleys, Dreamer, Lawler, Sabu, R V D, Taz, like just across the board. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody that was on this show. Yep, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> stock falling, I just went Raven, Lupus, and I mean sadly, I hate to do it, but Saturn it sucks with the injury. Oh no. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, final grade. I mean, I think this is one of the best episodes of ECW TV, if not the best that we've seen. Um, I went nine out of ten. I did too. Same. Yeah, easily a top episode of hardcore TV. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to think like what what would get me to a ten. I guess. A better match, like one better match, like got a five star yeah. match, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe it's a ten. I don't know. Like, it is could it have I, been any more perfect? I don't know. I'll tell you, I, I debated it. I debated going higher than nine. I, I debated the nine and a half. Um, I'm not sure what's pulling me back, though. Honestly. I know. So I think it's the not wanting to commit because it could be something maybe better. So. But right. Um, I I don't know. Looking at it, it's like what. What. <laughs> I guess maybe the opening section, the the Dudley's promo was kind of whatever, and the yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're nitpicking, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, let's see if we can keep the momentum going. We go to June seventeenth. We open with Taz in the back. He's sitting in darkness. He's got an orange spotlight, calling out his foes by name. It says even though he's the ECW TV champion, he'll tell everyone the truth about Wrestlepalooza, even if it gets him fired. We then go to Joey and Root in the nest. They say, everyone's talking Wrestlepalooza. We get, we see all the post-match insanity after Dreamer finally beat Raven in full. So we get that whole thing. Then we go to our opening animation. Joey and Rude set up the night ahead. Joey says he's flustered by what happened with Jerry Lawler invading. Rude says it all starts with Sabu and RVD. We all know Lawler sucks at his reputation, but RVD and Sabu are the ones who did the real damage to ECW, and someone needs to get even with them. Joey says Tommy Dreamer wants payback on everyone. Uh, any quick thoughts, Matt, on these opening few segments? Uh, I, I think 
the TV title is only going to make Taz angrier, apparently, because <laughs> because now he ha- he has a t- title and now he has to keep it. So if he wasn't pissed off before, now he's even more pissed off because there's people out there that are going to try and take the title off of him. So, uh, yeah, uh, I am very much looking forward to even angrier Taz. All right, we get rude cam footage of Dreamer getting stitched up. He says the highlight of his career was ruined by Louis Piccoli, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Jerry Lawler, but now he's got something to die and live for, a piece of their fucking asses. So, <laughs> Dreamer right back in murder mode. Love it. Murder-suicide mode, I should say. <laughs> we get stills of Dreamer invading the Memphis studio show over the weekend. He wrecked the set and assaulted employees. Uh, nobody in the USWA locker room stepped in to stop him. Joey says ECW is also recently featured on Darius Monday Night Program, but doesn't believe they belong there and doesn't want to be there. Police created a massive scandal by revealing that Lawler is Brian Christopher's father, and this is all be- uh, because of RVD's quest for stardom and Sabu deciding to back him up in it. Rude says he came back to wrestling to talk about ECW's great athletes. He doesn't want to talk about shit like Lawler, and maybe Rude could shoot and reveal the combined age of Lawler's last girl- two girlfriends is 24. Oh, <laughs> shit. Dude. Uh, so... So the, the war continues to brew here. You know, ECW has this relationship. Joey doesn't want any part of it. Uh, Heyman's involved. He's stoking the fires. You know, reveals that Christopher's a lawyer's son. I think Matt, did he, was that on Raw he did that, right? Didn't he show up on Raw and say, they had like a debate or something, I think, on Raw. And he yeah, it was it. one of the, it was one of the first like Raw is War episodes, I think, where they did it. Like one yeah. of the first ones where they had the Tron. I think Heyman came on and did something. So. They did a debate. I think him and Lawler had like an in-ring debate, and he said, right. "Yep, yep, you're right. You're Brian Christopher's your son, or whatever." Was that like some sort of secret previously? Yeah, it was like the worst kept secret. It was like something That's everyone knew, but he never really admitted it on TV right. or anything. But it wasn't like a real big surprise. Okay, good. Uh, Lawler's backstage. He addresses Heyman shooting. So Lawler said he's going to tell like it is too. What he sees happening in ECW and wants the degenerate fans to know the score. Like when RVD comes to DF, those sick fans chant you sold out. But he wants to smart the fans up because Paul's the one who wants to sell out. And King can help him do it. All he's going to do is say the word to Vince and he'll give Paul the job he really wants. It's obvious to King that Paul really wants that job with the DF. He sees all the superstars seen by billions and he can't stand being a little nothing. ECW is not even a pimple on the ass of the WWF, and it bugs Paul. King says he came to ECW and saw what it was about. 1,000 degenerate douchebags and homeless perverts crawling the streets, not fans to be proud of, and all of his wrestlers have been embarrassments like Terry Funk or never was like Tommy Dreamer or a dope addict drunk like Sandman <laughs> who should be caning someone at Benny Ford. If Paul wants to play, King's going to play. Uh, I think Lawler is just on fire in this as well because um, he's so easy to hate. But he's also not wrong. So like he's like a lot of it is this really good stuff. So it's it's like someone criticizing your sports team, right? Like, you know, it hurts because they're probably right, but you don't want to hear it. And that's kind of what this is. It's like, okay, yeah, we know. We know, King, you're right. But fuck you. This is our shit. Yeah, he's not pulling any punches on that. I mean, and this is what he came to do. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad he's not. I'm glad he's just stirring this shit up and and throwing all this shit back in Paul's face. He's great. He's he's great at this. I mean, I I think it really helps that, 
you know, Lawler dropped all the hokey nonsense that he usually does, like when he's in the WWF mm-hmm. uh, doing that that heel stuff, and he's playing it pretty straight laced here, and he's just going for the fucking jugular. And it also helps that, like in real life, he hates ECW, so that certainly helps too. But uh, yeah, just fantastic stuff from Lawler here. All right, we get a quick graphic video asking fans to support the next pay-per-view, which will be Hardcore Heaven 1997. Joey Rude pushed the fans to call cable providers to demand access. They then talk about the Sabu-Taz rematch, Taz bouncing back to win the TV title. Makes a, uh, Rude makes a sex joke about Francine, of course. And Joey says, yeah, he stays next to Rude at the hotel and never gets any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we then get in full Taz Sabu and Taz Douglas from Wrestlepalooza. Uh, Joey Ruder in the nest. Rude says the only thing smaller than Shane's wee wee is his wallet after that loss. Uh, so, Jenny, any thoughts on that little cluster there before we get to Taz? Uh, just saying wee wee is funny to me. I don't know why. Oh, I'm a child, I suppose. <laughs> I, I think it's the fact that Rude said wee wee is really what adds mm-hmm. to Maybe it. that's what it is. It's the fact that this gruff, tough man is saying wee-wee. On, on and he that. said, like, some vile-ass shit on here before. Mm-hmm. So, and right. People said wee-wee. So. Uh, maybe the syndicated people told him to cut the shit. <laughs> Frito Bandito. All right, Taz is back uh, in the back again. He says he tapped out the franchise, the man that has held lots of titles and the TV belt for 11 months. But he tapped him as he predicted because he could and he wanted to. Shane snaps next at Will, but he tapped in under three minutes, and that's what it's all about. Wrestling, competition, and violence. Taz says, who gives a flying fuck that Lawler has a kid that wrestled? It isn't a big deal. He didn't realize King even dated women old enough to have kids. Jesus. (laughs) God, it's crazy, like, even at that point. I guess it was pretty well known. I mean, he had the lawsuit in 94 and everything, but, like, I feel like it really became a thing later with the whole, like, Mm -hmm. Stacey stuff, but this Mm -hmm. is, yeah. It's crazy that they're just all over it already. Uh... King said it's not about RVD wanting to jump and ECW trying to stop him. Why stop him? Who needs him? Let him go. Who cares? Sandman and Dream are into having wars and feuding with WF, stopping RVD, and they're stupid. Just let him go. Stop wasting your time. The one thing he likes about Paul is that he gives him a chance to be himself, just like every other athlete in ECW. But he told Paul four years ago, they don't need pay-per-view because both ECW and Taz should be experienced live. Vince McMahon is pathetic. It turns his stomach. Vince didn't want Taz five years ago, but now he does. And he wants ECW too, and he can't have either one because as long as he's TV champion, that means he represents ECW on TV. And as long as he's got that belt, Vince can't have them. Taz is no company man or player. He stands for himself. The belt in if the WWF, WCW, ECW, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Europe has any man tough enough to take Taz's belt, they can come step to the plate and I'll hand it over and shake hands like a man if he gets beaten. He's the ECW TV champion. Beat him if he can. Survive if I let you. Again, just an amazing promo. And the best part about both Shane and Taz are the way they present the TV title at this elite level. Like, it's not looked at as a secondary belt. It's not looked at as a stepping stone. Like, this means something to these dudes. And, like, they want this to be a top-level belt, almost neck and neck with the world title. Like, it's important to them. And that makes it really stand out. Uh, Taz just continues to be on fire. The MVP at 97, easily. Um, And he's also true, too. Like, Lawler, like... Dreamer and these marks are like worrying about Dodi F and this other bullshit. Like, who cares? Just focus on what we're doing here. So, I this is pretty good, Jenny. Yeah, uh, very good. Um, and it's it's similar to what Shane's done before, as far as like calling out other promotions and stuff like that. But it's just like um, a lot more coherent and. Um, <laughs> 
a lot more sort of thought behind it and um, not as delusional as what as what Shane would talk about. It's, it's actual uh, reaction to things that are actually happening. Um, his his. I don't know why I find his like. Like he says, like, I'm not a company man or whatever, but he has his loyalty, right? And, like, I don't know why that just surprised me. Like, I didn't expect him to just, like you said, that means something to him as quickly as it seemed to. Remember when I said earlier on this episode that uh, I think the TV title was going to make Taz angrier? Uh Uh, Yeah, Uh, I I think this is an example of that anger. My God, he's just... He's just going after everybody. He, he doesn't care. He, he wants everybody. He wants to beat everybody. And, and it's great. He's just he's so good at just doing these intense anger filled promos. It doesn't matter who he's talking about, who he's going after. He's just he's fantastic at it. So, uh, yeah, uh, more great stuff from Taz. And I, I would make an argument that at this point right here that the TV title is, in fact, equal to the world title, because where the hell has Terry Funk been? Great point. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and even before Funk, like, Raven was a fighting champion, but, like, not a ton. And, and he had the gout, he was gone, like, we had the Sandman <laughs> stuff. Like, you could argue the TV title has absolutely been way more front and center um, over the last year with Shane and the importance Shane puts on it. Um, it versus, you know, what we've gotten from the world title. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's wrong at all. All right. So let's roll on here. Uh, Joey and Rude talk about Saturn's injury. The eliminators having to forfeit the tag team titles. Todd Gordon and the Dudleys are in the ring. Gordon runs down Saturn's injuries and the surgery schedule. And each time Bubba says, oh, as he's listing it, <laughs> Gordon says Saturn will be out for a year. And he oh. asks the eliminators to come out and surrender the gold. Raven says, uh, Rude says he knows the feeling of having to give up a title due to injury. We take a break, and when we return, the Eliminators are in the ring. Saturn says being tag team champions is the most important thing to him in the world, and Gordon understands tradition, and that the Eliminators want to lose the right way in a fight, not just handing the belts over. Gordon says Saturn can't wrestle, but Cronus says he'll do it alone. Root says Cronus is an egg without a yolk. Bubba demands that they forfeit, but Gordon says to ring the bell, and Joey's not a fan of this idea for Cronus. Um, before we get to the match, Matt, any quick thoughts on the way they went about this? That egg without a yolk line fucking killed me. <laughs> oh, God. So great. Uh, I like that they're making Cronus defend the title and they're not just giving the Dudleys the title. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I, I enjoy that because I, I think just giving the Dudleys the belts doesn't really do anything for them, make them win the belt. So uh, that makes some sense to me. Uh, quite the bummer that Saturn is out for a year, but, you know, given that his knee is basically being held together by tape at this point I guess it makes sense so yeah huge bummer uh, but uh, yeah good stuff my poor Saturn this sucks I don't like it at all uh, but and Cronus is crazy so um, <laughs> I, I don't hate this idea of making him wrestle um, <laughs> to defend 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 I don't know I don't I sort of don't know what the point is since like we've already said well, they're the titles. Over. But well, no, they're, they're saying that he's come over that they're gonna defend him in the ring. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. Okay. Well, let's get to the match. The Dudley Boys challenging Cronus for the tag team titles. 
They attack. They double up on Cronus. As Joey says, Shawn Michaels once handed the belt over to Shane Douglas. And Rude reminds Joey that Shawn did it twice. So maybe the Eliminators are doing it the right way. Cronus gets a double clothesline and kicks away. Big Dick comes in and grabs Cronus by the throat and choke slams him. But Cronus kicks out. The Dudleys continue to batter Cronus with double teams as Saturn chairs on his partner. Dick comes in and all three of us mauling Cronus. Saturn comes in and smacks Dick with the crutch, but then ducks Bubba's clothesline and hits a one-legged cutter and rolls away, but Bubba kicks out. Cronus slugs away, but the numbers catch up to him. Rude thinks maybe it's time he just cashes in the chips. Cronus battles back, but walks into a Bubba cutter, but he kicks out. The ref gets wiped out as Cronus hits a super kick on Bubba and then fights off all three men with leg lariats. Cronus slams Devon as Gertner screams, and Joey says he sounds like a castrated rooster. Cronus slams Devon, it goes up top, and it's a 450 splash, but there's no referee. Bubba comes in and drops an elbow as Saturn gets on the apron, hits Dick with the crutch. Saturn goes to the top, and it's a big elbow, and then rides in pain. But he covers, and the Eliminators retain. Just an awesome moment. Badass Saturn winning this friggin' match with a torn ACL. Out come the paramedics. They check on Saturn, who hugs his belt while Corona's peacocks around. And Saturn is stretched out to applause. I, I thought this was super fun. I thought Corona did a really nice job. The story unfolded nicely. Saturn is ballsy, just throwing down. And it just shows again how much the titles mean to these guys. Like, Saturn's willing to risk his l- career and future mobility <laughs> to, to keep these titles um, and not just hand them to the Dudleys. Uh, so I thought it was cool. It's in pretty good spots. The finish was hot. It was a nice swerve. And this is why the Eliminators are the best in the business, Matt. I went two and a half. I'm right there with you. I went two and a half. Uh, if Saturn keeps doing this, he's going to be in a fucking rascal scooter, like, by the <laughs> end of the week. You, you don't do that. <laughs> Your knee is in traction for a reason. Well, listen, sir. as someone that had a major <laughs> leg injury in the last year, um, I will say, I think there's a point where uh, like, you really can't do any worse damage to it. Right. And I don't think he had had the surgery yet, so... If there's a window to be stupid, this is it. Like, it's it's already torn. You can't tear it worse. You know what I mean? So it's like, you I guess he did that. I was going to say. Or like, nah, I don't think so. Oh, I, don't, know, I, th- I, I don't think you can make it too much worse. He does have the fractured tibia, though, so that could be that could become worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, skin can only hold so much, but yeah. good Plus, Lord. it probably fucking hurts, man. Oh, well, uh, he, he was hopped up on everything under the sun. He probably didn't feel a thing, but... Uh, I was uh, I, I was quite surprised that yes. the uh, that the Eliminators won this fucking mm-hmm. match. Uh, was not expecting that when I saw this on paper, and I, I guess part of it too is like they're kind of trying to put over the fact that Cronus is going to defend the titles by himself. So I I, I guess that kind of makes sense too. I mean, it kind of makes the Dudleys look stupid, but you know, it, it's the Dudleys. They'll overcome. They, they'll go back to Dudleyville, have a couple meetings. They'll be fine. So uh, yeah, they made the best of a shit situation here. So uh, I went two and a half on it, Jenny. I mean, I had to do two and three quarters just because I was shocked. <laughs> I was fucking shocked. I couldn't believe Saturn pulled off that goddamn finish. I, I don't know. He, he's insane. Uh, I, I mean... I felt I feel like a little confused because I was all very sad to be losing Saturn and he seems to be just kind of still working matches with his broken ass legs. So um, I'm not trying to I'm just worried. I'm worried about the man, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't I, it's like Pitbull one. Like I don't, I don't want to see you get even more hurt like you're badass and it's cool that you're doing this. But like. 
you probably shouldn't be doing this. But anyway, I'm still going to give you two and three quarters. Yeah, I think it's like a great show of respect, too, for the Eliminators. Because it would have been super easy just to take the belts and move on. Yes. Um, but it just shows, like, how much they mean to ECW. And it, I almost took it as, like, a little indirect fuck you to, like, Raven and stuff. Like, guys jumping. It's like... These are our legends, so we're going to treat them accordingly. Like, that's how it felt to me. Like, the Eliminators have killed themselves. They've busted their asses to be the best of the business. Saturn's still out there killing himself for ECW. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give them a moment to show that he's a badass and not just mm-hmm. handing the belt over like that pussy Shawn Michaels, right? Like, that's that's kind of what it felt like. So I thought it was kind of cool. All right, let's get to our awards. Uh, our best match is our only match. That was Cronus versus the Dudleys. Yep. Mm-hmm. No worse match. Uh, best moment, I went with Taz's promo. Yep. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Saturn's uh, broken leg <laughs> finisher. Double drop. Uh, best, uh, most 90s, just the concept of invasions that we got going on here. It's very 90s. <laughs> you guys the same? I feel like I had something here. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I had any. I mean, Jerry Lawler, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say Jerry Lawler. <laughs> it's I don't think, oh, too easy. <laughs> Stock rising. I did put King here. Uh, King, Taz, and Eliminators. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't really have any stock following in this episode. No. No. no another, another solid one. So I went seven out of ten. Um. Again, I try and look at this stuff holistically. Like they showed stuff in full. Yes, we've seen it. I guess the you could say we saw it last week on TV, so it's not like this is a repeat of like a show. So it is, but it's big stuff that happened. So I guess you know you may assume people didn't see it a week ago. Maybe they hear some buzz and seek it out, right? So I mean, if you watch this, you get some great stuff plus the Saturn moment. So it's still a great hour. It is. I did seven and a half. I went uh, I went to seven on it. Okay. All right, let's get to our final episode of TV here tonight. That is June 24th, 1997. We open with footage from Boston, where yet again, Cronus is defending the tag titles against the Dudleys. Saturn is, yes. <laughs> Saturn is now uh, post-surgery. He's in a full era cast. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, Gertner has a special announcement. Rude calls him a pig. But before Gertner can talk, Saturn crushes Dick with a crutch. Officials, including Heyman, come out and they kind of drag Saturn off. We get our opening animation. We come back. The Dullies are still circling the ring. Commotion is lingering. Joey and Rude in the nest say Saturn's been pushed to the edge. And Rude says this could be the one. We go back. Gertner is handing Todd Gordon a document, tells him to review it, and says Saturn with a broken leg and torn ligaments has been stalking the Dullies. So they went to their attorneys and now have a restraining order against Saturn. We get highlights of Saturn pinning Devon last week. Gordon tells Saturn he has to leave or they're going to shut the show down. They've had enough problems in Massachusetts as it is. I believe that. Saturn says that (laughs) this is Gordon's problem and he wants to stay. Gordon says Saturn's a key member of Team Extreme and begs him. And Saturn says, I'm not going to make you beg. I understand I'll do it to protect Team Extreme. And Saturn hobbles off. So, again, that was a pretty good opening. It explains why we're kind of getting Saturn out of here for the match. I like that Saturn showing again the loyalty to ECW, right? He's a mm-hmm. he's, he's a member of the team. He loves ECW. It breeds it and he's going to do what's right for Gordon and takes off. So, Jenny, what do you think of this opening segment here? Oh, my hero Saturn. Like even though you're still crazy, why are you still out there? Like 
<laughs> I appreciate your fire and your love, and you don't want to do this, but you have a restraining order against you because somehow you've also been stalking uh, the Dudleys on your crutches, I suppose. <laughs> um, uh, all that is very dumb and silly, but I do like how Saturn leaves um, and does what Todd wants, and it's very endearing, Matt. Uh, so now that we're post-op, I'm guessing no more uh, Saturn elbow drops for the foreseeable future. You never future. know with him. <laughs> yeah, I would have ruled him out. Yeah. Uh, that is true. But uh, yeah, I, I like how they worked uh, the fact that Saturn is post-op into an angle <laughs> yes. with, with the restraining order. So Saturn doesn't have to take any bumps. You're like, now you're in an air cast. Now, look, you, you got away with it last week, but now you really can't fucking do anything because <laughs> right. now you're a liability. So uh, I, I enjoyed that wrinkle to it. I love that Saturn has become like the ECW king that we didn't know we had all this time like yes. you know we've had all these other faces of the promotion dream music but saturn's low-key become like the guy you know he really is mm-hmm. all right we get to our match it's a rematch from last week cronus defending the tag team titles against the dudleys they attack cronus at the bell the double team's on again rude says he shouldn't have turned his back bubba gets a tilt a world slam devon follows with a big splash the dudleys pitch cronus outside and follow to hammer away then devon crushes him with a chair shot to the head Cronus is bleeding as the assault continues on the floor. The Dudley's just not messing around this time. Back inside, Cronus gets a double cutter to buy a break. Then he follows with a twisting top rope splash on Bubba. Then a 450 on Devon, but he's too hurt to cover. The Dudley's back off as Dig, uh, as Dig, Dick comes to the apron. It is Boston, I guess, the big Dig. Uh, and Cronus call, calls him in. Dick blocks a punch, but Cronus blocks a choke slam. Dick dodges Hurricane Cronus, and Cronus walks into a 3D. And it's finally over as the Dudleys win the tag team titles. The crowd chants bullshit. Gertner announces the new champs. Cronus, I thought, gave it all he had. Uh, it was a great showing and a ballsy effort. Just too much. The Dudleys were good and aggressive here. They learned from last week. Dick was just too big in the end. Uh, good heel stuff here. Makes the Eliminators feel iconic with the way they go down fighting. Uh, two and a quarter for me, Jenny. And, and I was glad, too, that they didn't um, they didn't drag this out. Like, yeah. They could have done a month of this where Cronus keeps stealing wins, but we got the point. We got the one win last week. Um, you know, let's let's just move along. Like we gave him the, the the love. This makes sense that that Cronus can't keep doing it. So I'm glad they didn't get like goofy with it and have him keep retaining. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. Um, and aren't the Dudleys from Boston? So no. No, I thought they said from Boston. I don't know. Anyway, um, I don't think so. Bubba, I think Bubba's from New York, right? Matt? Yeah, and Bubba's New York, I think. I don't know where I got that from. Um, but anyway, it's well, no, the Eliminators are. They're from the Boston. The Eliminators are. Right. Okay, that's yeah. where I got that from. Um, so I mean, it's sad, but it had to be done. I mean, it's not like <laughs> we we Cronus is crazy, but we don't want to see that every week. Um, but I'm glad he got to bleed a lot. I'm glad he got another 450. Uh, in there because I love watching him do that um and like so what does Cronus do now is my question Matt yeah I I like the match from the previous uh week uh a touch more I went two and a quarter on this I I I did like that the Dudleys basically learned from their mistakes the Mm -hmm. previous and just looked more ruthless and you know outside 
outside of the twisting splash and the 450, I feel like Cronus kind of got his shit kicked in in this match. I mean, he was bleeding buckets, and I, I thought he looked great doing it. But yeah, um, it it was a pretty similar match to the last one. But like I said, the Dudleys being that much more like bloodthirsty and ruthless uh, really added to it. So and and I like the title change here because I think if they didn't do a title change here, it would really make the Dudleys look bad. <laughs> even though mm-hmm. last week did a lot of damage to that anyway. But yeah, the, the Dudleys basically had to win here. So two and a quarter. ECW Hardcore Heaven 97 coming to pay-per-view. Call now. Joey and Rude hype the pay-per-view and implore viewers to call him bitch. Joey hypes us coming weekend shows in Philadelphia and the Jersey Shore. Rude gets some usual horny Francine orgy comments in. <laughs> we then head to the ring for a six-man tag as our new triple threat comes out. Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Chris Candido to take on the Pitbulls and Balls Mahoney. Triple threat have Francine with them. New and improved group looking pretty strong. Bigelow, he's been a quick fit. Rude is horny for Francine, as always. Him and Joey do some shtick. Shane Douglas grabs the mic. He puts over the new triple threat. After the break, we get underway with Candido getting thrown around by Pitbull 2. Then Mash with a hard clothesline. Pitbull 1 tags in and keeps the attack on, catching Candido as he comes off the top. Flipping him with a release belly to belly. Balls comes in. He gets a low blow to block a leapfrog and then slugs away until Candido gets his own low blow. Bigelow tags in and slugs away at Balls, but Balls battles back until he gets taken down with a DDT. Bigelow gets two on a falling headbutt. Tags Douglas, who gets to work with some strikes and hits a neck snap. Candido's in and hits a clothesline. Candido puts Balls on top. Hits his top rope Rana for two. Balls catches Candido coming off the top. and gets a power slam but tags Pitbull too, who walks into a low blow and a thumb to the eye. Shane is in and he beats on his old rival but misses an elbow and charges into a Pitbull 2 press slam, as does Candido. Bigelow comes out next, uh, comes in next, but Candido clobbers Pitbull 2 from behind to set him up. Bammer battles, uh, batters Pitbull 2 with knees. Shane fake tags and works the back. Pitbull 2 comes back with a power bomb for two. It's a power slam, but Bammer saves. Pitbull 2 hooks a bear hug. Francine tries to save, and Rude says he'll go take care of this. He sprays up a knockout on his dick and then walks off. <laughs> Rude comes down, he squeezes Francine's ass, he yanks her off, and plants a long kiss on her, and she's kind of out of it on the floor. After a break, Shane blind tags to Candido, who gets a top rope sunset flip for two. Pitbull 2 fights off both men until Bigelow crushes him with a body block for two. Bigelow beats on Pitbull 2, and then the triple threat keep quick tagging, keeping him grounded with strikes. We get a long heat segment here, which is pretty well done as they grind the Pitbull 2 and don't let up. Bigelow looks great with his hard power offense. Pitbull 2 finally blocks Shane's suplex and gets one of his own. Rude gets in more small dick jokes about Shane as Pitbull 1 comes in. He runs through all three guys, and eventually we get a big brawl with everybody. Pitbull 1 ends up with Shane alone and gets two on a power slam. Bigelow mashes Pitbull 1 with the chair, and he goes up top. Pitbull 1 bounces up, and power bombs are down for what should have been three, but Shane was late, and the ref stopped counting. It's kind of a tough screw-up. Shane smacks Pitbull 1 with the chair with the chain, and Bigelow covers for the win. Uh, it's a pretty good six-man tag. They give him a lot of time. It's a pretty basic story with a classic formula. Outside of the botch at the end, everything was pretty on point. I think Bigelow looks super impressive. Um, I thought he was actually the best of everyone in the ring. Candido selling was good, too. Uh, the Pitbulls lose to Shane yet again. <laughs> Probably need to be done with that uh, at some point, Matt. But I went two and three quarters. Uh, it's a perfectly fine six-man tag to eat up some time. Yeah, I, I had a lot of the same notes as you had, actually. I, I went two and a half on this, just fairly standard stuff. I, I do feel like it went a bit too long for what they were trying to do here, but I mean, it, it, it was a house show match, so I kind of get it. And you're right, I think Bam Bam looked the best out of all of them. Uh, boy, the Pitbulls have really fallen off, haven't they? <laughs> Since mm-hmm. Barely Legal, like, 
uh, I don't know if they need to find something new for them to do or they need to like just put them in a different feud or something. But th- this Shane feud, I feel like, has been way past its usefulness really since before Barely Legal. And the fact that, you know, and I know it's a house show, but the fact that we're still throwing the pit bulls out there with the triple threat, it's like, uh, all right, we get it. Shane has eats the pit bulls lunch like they need to move on and do something else. So. Uh, I, I did think the match overall was perfectly fine. So, uh, yeah, two and a half for me, Jenny. Well, I um, I liked it more than you guys did. I I felt like with adding Bigelow and Balls to both of the teams, it sort of freshens up the Pitbull stuff. Like, it didn't bother me as much with the Pitbull stuff. It felt like they actually had a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say like renewed heat or anything, but it just felt like I still fucking hate you. Like you still fucking broke my neck, you know, like, um, I don't know. I, I wasn't as over it just because I feel like we had, you know, some fresh matchups with them. It wasn't just them and Shane. Um, I like rude. Uh, he had some choice comments to say, um, about Francine and to Francine <laughs> in this match. He says a saran wrapper for her crapper um, and a bit of poetry that I didn't know that uh, I wanted to hear. But um, the kiss was a little bit like, I don't know, uh, a salty. I don't know. But I mean, I guess they all kind of are mm-hmm. um, in ECW, but it just. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that. Is it just him being horny? Is there something else? Like, it seems like it's just an ongoing thing with him. But um, I thought that I like the pit bulls. I don't know. I thought they were stiff. I thought the clotheslines were really good. Like, they always are, are good with those. And I like the ending. So I did three stars. Yeah, it was a good Good six-man tag. I mean, a good tag within the formula is always hard to beat anyway. Like, it's always Mm -hmm. enjoyable. All right, Jerry Lawler joins us from Dirty F Studios. He says, Saturday night at the Bingo Hall, ECW has a star-studded card with 20 pretenders and two real wrestlers, and Paul knows it. RVD and Sabu are the only true athletes in the scam known as ECW and call Sandman a dope addict again. He knows Paul is trying to convince the moron fans that Lawler will be there this weekend. He's using the King's name to draw a house. King came to ECW and already conquered it. He shits on Philly, says he doesn't care how Paul hints, uh, drops hints or rumors. Lawler's telling everyone he will not be there. He will not be at the bingo hall this weekend. And he will not be helping Paul Hammond draw houses. Been there, done that already. Uh, Matt, Lawler continues to bring the heat in this feud. Yeah, uh, I am very surprised at just how much I've been enjoying Cherry mm-hmm. Lawler during this. Like, it is sh- like I had always heard that he was good, but like I wasn't expecting this. I mean, mm-hmm. e- every time he's been on screen, he's just fucking killing it. So yeah, he's he's doing an amazing job, and credit to him, he's doing an amazing job when he really doesn't have to. <laughs> so he could have just really phoned it in and mm-hmm. cashed in a you know whatever he was making, whatever that was. But uh, yeah, credit to him for this great stuff here. Yeah, he just rattles it off, right? He's just fully on uh, all of his bullshit. It's really good. Like, I really hate him a whole lot. (laughs) Um, And I like him, you know, calling out Paul. I'm not going to be there. I'm not helping you make money. Like, I don't know. I I really like that. It's It sort of hurts Paul right Mm -hmm. where he needs to be hurt. 
Yeah, I think the just the cartoony Lawler that RDF has led you to forget just how mm-hmm. he could what he could do, right? So, right. All right, we get to our last match of the night, and that is Tommy Dreamer in his grudge match against Louis Piccoli. Joey says Tommy wants revenge on everyone from Wrestlepalooza, and it starts here tonight with Louie. We get some clips from the wild Wrestlepalooza scene. We get stills from Memphis last week and the narration from Joey about ECW being on WF television. We join mid-match. Tommy's laid out and cut open. As Joey says, he was attacked by RVD and Sabu. We get clips of that. Joey and Rooter in the nest. They say Tommy was jumped, so now we won't get to see an I quit match. Root says Dreamer can't catch a break, and he wonders if Louie is working with RVD and Sabu. We go back to the ring, and out comes Louie, beats the shit out of Tommy, demanding he quit. So it looks like maybe the match is going to happen. Louie's super aggressive in his assault and demands, very angry. Hits a baseball side drop kick into the railing, throws a broken table on Tommy. Louie hammers away, shoots him back inside, whips him into the table shards, but Tommy won't quit. Louie grinds a microphone into Tommy and then snaps off a spine buster, but Tommy says no. Louie chokes Tommy with a table leg and barks at him about how he's going to learn now. Joey says the goofy Spicoli is long gone. Louie comes off the top, but Tommy catches him with an atomic drop. He clamps on Louie's balls with pliers and Beulah. And Louie quits. Ouch. It's a nasty finish. Uh, pretty fun little match. Louie was great on offense. It really showed up here. Tough ending for him, but he loses. Uh, and he loses, but he was booked strong throughout this whole feud. He levels up for sure because of it. Uh, we'll see if the feud is finally done as Tommy's got a lot of other shit to deal with now beyond this. this. This kept him busy for a few weeks. And the crowd is into it too, Jenny. So I went two and a half. Uh, I thought the ending was pretty creative, but it's, it just wasn't much, really. It was just like a quick brawl. I know how much you love I quit matches. Um, mm. so I, do I don't mind them when they're three minutes and <laughs> a pliers to the balls ends it. That's pretty pliers intense. Pliers to the so. balls. Uh, yeah. I fucking marked for that ending. I'm sorry. That's uh, that's. You know, that's Tommy saying, I'm fucking sick of your shit, and you're attacking me, and you broke a table all over my shit, and uh, I'm just going to take a plier to your balls. So, uh, yes, five stars. No, I, I did two and a half stars in that. Yeah, I went two and a quarter. It's it's a super short match. It was fine for what it was. Uh, uh, that would make me quit uh, pliers to the balls. I I, yep. I would I would quit too. So I, I don't blame Louis. But this to me felt like like you said, uh, Dreamers got uh, quite the the rivalry going on right now. So this just felt like a quick way to uh, wrap this up and get this rivalry out of the way, so Dreamer can move on to bigger and better things. So yeah, two and a quarter. I quit to manhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joey Rude hyped the pay-per-view, and this weekend's coming Orgy of Violence, which Rude calls an orgy of violins. Joey says, <laughs> Joey says Sunday at Barre, the hottest party spot of the year per New York Magazine. ECW is listed in High Times Magazine as one of the top things to do when you're smoking up. And Joey argues that someone eating a pizza and uh, cracks up when Rude makes another orgy with violins joke. Um, so they're kind of goofing off. We then get clips of RVD and Sabu beating up Dreamer. And Sam and making the save. So, uh, Matt, any thoughts of uh, how we wrap up here? The orgy of violins. Uh, orgy of violins was was very nice. good. <laughs> that was a that was very good. I also like uh, right at the end. There's a guy coughing in the background right when they <laughs> mention high time. Yes, I, uh, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic touch. So yeah, uh, fun way to end the episode. I I think that Joey is really enjoying working with Root. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, it's definitely uh, easy to see why uh, because his little comebacks, his little one-liners, mm-hmm. his little it's, it's pretty much gold and um, I can confirm that um, watching ECW when you're high is pretty fun. Mm. Alright, let's get to our final awards here. Best match. I went with the six-man tag. Yep. Yep. 
All right, worst match, Cronus and Dudleys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, best moment, I went with the Lawler promo. Yep. Mm, I'm going to go with the Saturn stuff. Okay. Most 90s, I had two of them, the New Generation Dirty F Studio background behind Lawler, and then the uh, Barre Jersey Shore being the top party destination. <laughs> Jersey Shore name drop, yep. I had uh, uh, the Banaka that Rick Rude used. Oh, yes, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and uh, I would also throw High Times Magazine into the 90s <laughs> bin, too. That's good. All right, Stock Rising, I went Triple Threat, Lawler, and Spicoli, because I thought he really came out of this feud looking good. Yeah. I mean, bam, bam. Uh, Dudley's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dudley's too. Yep. Stock falling. I, I, I hate to do it, but again, the Eliminators, I mean, the socks, like yeah. their run as the dominant tag team just comes to a kind of a sad ending um, here. Yep. Yeah, very sad. All right, for me, final grade, there was a, a dip below last week. Still pretty good, though. Six out of ten. Hmm. Well, I did the seven out of ten. I went right between you guys. I went six and a half. All right. It's our extreme and I shot spa, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. like an orgy of violins. <laughs> sure does. All right, so I'll do it first here tonight. It was quite the ride. Uh, it was a, a really, one of our, like I said, one of our biggest episodes. Um, I'm not sure if we've ever covered this much change to ECW, and we got more to come for sure. It's mm-hmm. summer of uh, madness here in the land of extreme, and, and all of pro wrestling, really. Like, summer 97 is one of the most insane times in wrestling history, for sure. Um, so ECW is part of that. So next episode, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll cover the next three weeks of television through July uh, as we continue the road to hardcore heaven. And we'll be uh, on that before you know it. Sure, check out everything we have to offer here at the North South Connection. Content coming each and every day. You can also uh, check out Jenny. Your content on Wednesdays on North South at the Jenny position. You have a different show coming every week as well. Uh, Matt, you're featured here on the North South as well as Placement Nation Wrestling Feed. Uh, we also have the Place Nation Pop Experience as part of our family of podcast network. So subscribe to all of them. Leave us a rating and a review. Share the word. We really appreciate it. It's the extreme. Take care. Talk to you in two weeks. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the bathroom, blood stains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room. We don't care. We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams. But everybody's like crystal, maybe back diamonds on your timepiece, jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold leash. We don't care. We aren't caught up in your love affair, and we'll never be royal. Crave a different kind of buzz Let me be your ruler Crave a different kind of bug Let me be